Welcome to the Halloween episode of Continuous Dream. First, a short story, The Five Lights, performed by Baird Brucher. Then, The Witch, performed by Lindsay Summers. And Agnes, a true story, performed by Aaron Kasman and Baird Brucher. What were you doing in the woods? It was a fair question, but I wasn't prepared. The man, officer, detective, I think there was a badge, hadn't turned on the light, and I could only see a dim shape leaning against a table in the bare room. I was seated in a hard chair, thirsty and exhausted. Yet, though I thought I was drained of all emotion, I noticed as if observing from outside that my hands were slightly shaking. He drummed his fingers on the table next to an object, and the drumming seemed to match my trembling, seemed to shake the room. Answer the question. I'd forgotten the question, as the fingers seemed to drum on my shoulders. What? Why were you in the woods? Why was I in the woods? I tried to think what came first. Yes, it was my car. My car had gotten a flat tire. You were three miles from the road? I asked for water. Afterward. After we talk. To my relief, his fingers stopped. He lit a cigarette, and the sudden flare made me wince. The yellow flame lit his face. His skin sagged, parallel lines drawn in his cheeks. For a moment, he narrowed his eyes at me. His look sunk my soul into despair. Because his look was not of anger or threat or danger, it was worse. His look was of utter indifference, as if I were merely a worm he was pinning onto a hook, as if I were not human. For a moment I wondered, was I still human? But I would not be so weak if I weren't. There were lights, I whispered, hardly aware that I spoke. Lights? I nodded. You must speak, we cannot record a nod. Smoke curled in the air between us, and the smoke, faintly lit by some unseen light, perhaps coming from under the door, though I could see no door, brought back to me the misty greenish glow I'd seen. It was drizzling rain that night. With a start, I realized I didn't know which night, didn't know how much time had passed since I crawled out of the woods, or had been dragged out of the woods, perhaps, or had been deposited to be found somewhere. There were five lights. I had opened my trunk, only to find the jack was gone. No cars came to help me as I waited on the deserted, abandoned road. I stared forlornly at my car when a reflection lighted the windshield. Eagerly I looked, but there was no one coming. The glow was coming from within the trees. I was stopped by an old forest, a place I didn't know existed. I peered into the darkness. A green, ovular form moved toward, then away from me. I called to it my voice sounding like the screech of a mouse. Another glow appeared, then another. I walked towards them. I had to follow. They beckoned me somehow. I discerned five of them. Five lights shifting, a poisonous yellow-green, not like flames, but like the breath of some beast visible in the cold, drizzling air. They moved between the trees, wavering first here, then there, Yet though they wavered, there was no sense of hesitation. They moved with purpose. I had to follow them. They required me. As they grazed the trees, there was a sound, their touch slightly sizzling the wet bark. 
At first, the five lights had been small, but as I followed, they seemed to grow until they were each the size of a man, floating and hunched. I didn't know how far I went. At one point, I stopped, trying to remember who I was and what I was doing here. But I was drawn by an overpowering sense that I was almost there. I was almost there. And then release would come. The trees parted to make a small clearing, a perfect circle. The five shapes assembled around it. A low sound rose from the center of the clearing. I was just outside the circle. Then I was standing among them. Their glow was hardening into something, something like flesh or marble. My legs ached from the uneven march through the woods, but something pushed me forward. The sound was unbearable as I fell into it, and the things which floated before now walked toward me. And then? he asked. I was here. The officer, detective, agent, put out his cigarette. The absence of the tiny glow made the room very dark. May I go now? There was silence, except for a hum coming from somewhere above. Then a loud scraping sound hurt my ears. As he pushed the table across the room up against the wall, I had a sense that he rolled up his sleeves. He seemed to float in the darkness toward me. Suddenly I was blinded. He had flicked on a lamp. I squeezed my eyes shut. A figure I didn't know was behind me grabbed my hands and tied my wrists together behind the chair. And my eyes flew open in surprise. The lamp was straight in front of me. Its light bore into my skull. Five yellow-green lights. You in these modern times would say I worshipped nature. Or I was a healer, growing herbs, and my spells were only prescriptions to nurse people through sickness before medicine became a science and society for men. But I was no pagan spirit. Nor was I a nurse, misunderstood and oppressed. I was a witch. I sold my soul. In the year 1590, I was handed over from my father to my husband. I lived in a dank, dark house, and I was to stay in the dark and obey. Obeying this man, this giant shadow that blocked the light and slammed the doors, who kicked my dog and broke my little statue of Holy Mary that my mother gave me. Was this a man whose greasy hands tore my dress? Was this a man I was supposed to honor, cherish, and obey? No. I boiled my pot of bones, I spoke my Latin prayers backwards, and I called for the devil. The devil to take this man. For I had no other means. This was my power, my only power in this world. To pray to the devil who knocked on my door. The devil whose song gave me heart. My soul was my own. The only thing I had and mine to give. I sold my soul because I had nothing else to sell. But there were other women who did fear God and didn't take the devil's bargain. It's 1590. Agnes Sampson is in a prison, a dungeon, in Edinburgh, waiting for her accuser to come and ask her questions. The questions that slip like a noose round her neck. This is her story. And it's a true one. The story of Agnes Sampson in 1590 when all of Scotland was a bonfire of witch's flesh. 
I said she didn't take the devil's bargain. But she did. Only she didn't know the devil used God's name as his disguise. You may rise. Do you know why you are here? No, my lord. What is your name? I am Agnes Sampson. You are the midwife of renown of North Berwick? I am. And you do not know why you are here? I would pray you tell me. What am I accused of? Have they searched you for the devil's mark? Yes, they found none. Remove your garment. If you please, sir. They found none. It will be easier for you if you obey me. There is a mark just below your navel. My child kicked me in bed. I have established the mark. Do you deny that you had dealings with Euphramie McAlzine? When she was in labour, I gave her a powder to put under her bed to ease the pain. As a midwife would do? Yes. And you have made incantation. I pray, sir. You prayed for John Parry? Yes, sir. And he was cured? Yes. They are good Christian prayers. They are popish prayers. Do you not know there is no pope here? It is Christ I believe in. And the king? The king is lord of the land. Yes, and the king's enemies? The king is a mighty man. Have you met with a man named Bothwell? I don't know that name, sir. You are a widow? Yes, with children. And you're poor, and people might offer you meats and bread and gear in return for your powders and prayers. Yes, sir. And did Bothwell offer you gear? I know him not. You knew William Kemble would die? I only know what I observed. He gives you foreknowledge of death and power over illness. Only experience, my lord. You dissemble. The devil gives you words to speak. I only pray to God, sir. I'm so thirsty. If I could have some water, I... You will have water when we are finished. Ye are dragging this out. Confess. Quickly. I did help the woman in her labour, and I did relieve John Perry. If it be wrong, it was an ignorance. Did you know of the ship that was to bear the Queen from Denmark? I know ill winds kept her back, and that a ship was lost. Did you hear of the six women in Denmark who were burnt for the sinking of that ship? I didn't know of that. And did you say to Euphrami that the Queen would never arrive from Denmark, but that the King should go and fetch her? I did remark that, and the King did fetch her. How did you know? It only seemed sensible. Yet you had foreknowledge of it. Did I? You have already said so. It was more like a guess. Is it for a poor Christian woman to guess the King's business? Sir, if the King himself were here, I would tell him to his face I meant no harm. You have called upon me, and so I will answer, I am King James. There, you have summoned me. What say you now? Dear Lord, dear Lord, have pity. I am a poor woman, and I have done good in this world, and mean no harm to your grace. I only work to feed my baby since my husband left this world, left me alone, and with children. Sit down. Do you understand how important this is now? Oh, yes, sir. It is a struggle for the soul. You are a great man to care for the soul of a poor woman. The soul of the country. Many thousands of souls. Do you fear for your soul? Bless me, sir. 
I fear God is a Christian. You are kind to care for my soul. I ask you to renounce the devil who marked you. I've never seen the devil, sir. Don't you understand? We're discussing your soul, your immortal soul. My soul is in danger? Yes, of course. And you can help me. Yes, woman, I am trying to help you. You will help me. And then I will return to my children. Are my children safe? Where are they? I don't know. Don't worry about them. You must concentrate on the matter at hand. We are struggling for your soul. Do you know what this is? No, sir. I think you do. It's called a pillow wings. I have heard of such things. There's no need of it. But the devil's grip on you is strong. So we have need of it. Only physical exertion will give you the strength to cast off the devil's grip. This device will squeeze your fingers as I question you. I will answer your questions, please, sir. And the night you and the other women did dance at the Kirk in North Berwick. Nay, we didn't meet. You danced, you summoned the devil, and who led you that night? Nay, there was no one. The devil is strong in you. Only this device will throw the devil off you. Please, sir, I know no devils. Who was he? Who set himself against me? Nay, you have no enemies. I have enemies. You must tell me, tell me, and I will help you. Yes. Your enemy. Who sets himself against me? Summons the devil who seduced you? Yes, I was seduced. There was a man. He seduced me. Describe him. He was tall. Not tall. Nay, he was not tall. Only his shadow was long in the moonlight. His hair flowed. Over his shoulder. Yes, he wore a cloak. Cloak lined in silver. Yes, the very one. And he wore jewellery. Yes. He wore a brooch, I think. A sapphire brooch? Yes, that was it. What was he called? His name. He summoned the devil in his name. A name that started with... B. Started... Yes. His name was... Yes. Bothwell. Of course... That's what I meant. It was Bothwell seduced me. He is your sworn enemy. Bothwell? Tell me what happened the night you danced at the Kirk in North Berwick. Yes, we danced. And Bothwell came, leading the other women. What other women? I knew not their names, but Bothwell recited the Black Mass. We farmed a circle and prayed to the devil in evil gibberish. It was a high wind that blew that night. After the mass, we lined up and kissed Bothwell's arse, the devil's greeting. Then we found a grey cat and threw it in the sea. Bothwell promised me money and food for my children if I did these things. And I did obey him. So, that is your confession? Yes, sir. If it pleases you. How can I be pleased? I have obeyed you. Yes, now I renounce the devil and am saved. My secretary will come to take down your confession. And then I may go free? No. Oh, you have confessed you will be tried and burnt. But if I do renounce the devil, I see I was wrong now. Then you are saved from hell. For confessing you will not be burnt alive, but strangled first. I was seduced. The women in Denmark... I understand why people worship the devil. 
May I have some water? I will send up bread and water. You're a good girl, Agnes Sampson. Be glad, for heaven awaits you in the end. Goodbye to you then. I will see you when I die. And I think never after that. This has been the Halloween episode of Continuous Dream, starring Baird Butcher, Lindsay Summers, and Aaron Caswell. Written by Amy Kreider. Our sound engineer was Alvaro Ledesma. Please visit ContinuousDream.com and see our Patreon page if you'd like to support our actors. Thank you for listening and join us again next month.